there anything you'd like to say to the media? Yeah. Nico was easy. Now it's your turn. One night you're gonna close your eyes. And when they open, I'll be there. It'll be time to die. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. My guest this episode, welcome to the Three Timers Club, ma'am. Lindsay Ani's hey, here. Yay. And then when you've been here before, at the end of the show, we're like, hey, where can people find you? Instagram and things. And your Instagram handle is that ginger's wife or the ginger's wife? Yeah, the ginger's wife. That's the, me. The ginger's wife. And you might have been wondering, who is this ginger we speak of? Well, he's here as well. Nick, hello. Welcome Hi. to the show. Well, great to be here. The ginger in question. And as advertised, very ginger. <laughs> yes. We are going to be talking this episode about 1985's Invasion USA, a canon film, <laughs> the notorious canon film group. There's a great documentary about canon films, actually, and uh, what are the names? Golan and Globus? I think it's called Electric Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. But canon was known for making real cheap shit. They made Superman 4 and Masters of the Universe and Break into Electric Boogaloo. This. I mean, this cost. This movie cost ten million dollars. That doesn't seem, for nineteen eighty five, super cheap. Oh, that's. I thought it had so many explosives, though. Yeah, there's. Not to jump too far ahead, but there's a. At one point, they blow up several houses, and they're not like I was looking. And I'm like, those must be miniatures, right? Nope, those are legit houses. No. They are blowing up, and there's tanks, and like it doesn't look like a there's cheap tanks. movie. The ten million dollars on tanks alone. <laughs> you would think they got a good deal on them, I guess. It's directed by Joseph Zito, who did another Chuck Norris movie called Missing in Action, as well as Friday the 13th Part 4. So that's something. Better than this, certainly. (laughs) And yeah, this film stars Chuck Norris. Let's talk about Chuck Norris. Do you have thoughts about Chuck Norris? (laughs) Because I sure do. (laughs) I don't think he knows how to make a facial expression. He does not. Or blink. No. Or blink. Mm -mm. His first name is Carlos, and he's from Indiana. Look, before we even get in, I mean, never mind the more recent exploits of, like, does anybody else but me remember the video of Chuck Norris and his, that is Chuck Norris and his wife made, uh, where they literally called Obama the devil? Yes. Yep, I remember that. Yep. So, he's gone. He's gone. Mm -hmm. But, forgetting all of that, just, like, Schwarzenegger, I understand how he became an action star. Van Damme even Mm -hmm. has a certain charm to him and a funny accent. You know, all of them I get. I've never understood the appeal of Chuck Norris. And someone, I mean, we're not too distant in age, I think. There was a good 20-year run there of just people, Chuck Norris jokes. Chuck Norris is that, you know, that implies that Chuck Norris is the baddest ass and the cool, you know, that I think Mm -hmm. started out ironically. And then about halfway Mm -hmm. through the run, people forgot it was supposed to be ironic. And it was just people who Mm -hmm. genuinely love Chuck Norris. (laughs) Like, he's he's not even a B-movie actor. He's probably a little farther down. And I don't get it. I mean, I know Walker, Tecker, Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger kind of boosted his career a bit there for a while, but I just don't get it, man. He has all the charisma of a charcoal briquette. Yeah, no, I just, he seems, he's really flat. He's so flat. I just, there's nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good thing he doesn't have a lot of lines in this movie that he wrote himself into. But it's, he, just... <laughs> he and his brother wrote, yeah. 
Yeah, he did the screenplay, right? Or the story was Chuck Norris. I don't know. It's, I can't it, remember. It was him and somebody else Norris, so I'm guessing like his brother or it something. Was his brother. So, yeah. yeah. This movie loves bazookas more than you love your mom. That's what we're dealing with. <laughs> There's yeah. so many bazookas, mm-hmm. which is the most. That and Uzis are the most 1985 of weapons you could possibly carry. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's dual wielding Uzis, so that's where we are. Yeah, it was the. Yeah, we we just finished it. So it was kind of a. <laughs> we tried watching it two nights ago, but we could not finish it. So. <laughs> it's not even that long, but it's just. It certainly gets repetitive. Well, no, we watched Batman and Robin today, and that was the sa- almost the same amount of time as the Chuck Norris movie. And the Chuck Norris movie, we only watched half of it, and it seemed like it take just as long as watching Batman and Robin with George Clooney and Arnold Schwarzenegger. You leave them out of this. I'm just saying, it's just a two-hour movie felt shorter than 45 minutes of this movie. And this movie was just explosions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> so at the end of last episode, when I pressed the magic button and got Invasion USA randomly, I made two jokes that turned out to be very prophetic, and I had not seen this movie before. I asked if, knowing Chuck Norris's political proclivities, if the Invasion USA in question was just immigrants. And lo and behold, the first scene of this movie is a boatload of Hispanic immigrants coming over and getting gunned down, and I went, holy shit. (laughs) I was kidding, movie. (laughs) And the other joke I made was, I bet you he wrestles an alligator, not knowing this movie was set in Miami, Florida. Next scene. And the very next scene, he's wrestling an alligator. I'm like, <laughs> wow. But his whole thing was, he was like, because he was trained by Bruce Lee. That was kind of his claim to fame. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he was like Bruce Lee's best student or whatever. That does not come, maybe in his other movies, that does not come across on film. Because he's just running around with guns. He's not using... He, like, he kicks one guy, and it's not even, like, an impressive, like, Bruce Lee kick. It's just, like, a... I don't know. I think in Walker, Texas Ranger, he used a lot more sort of kung fu or whatever, yeah. but... Yeah, he did. Not just... Yeah. I, I just... It, I don't get it. But he did. I, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> Somehow he <laughs> became very rich, and I don't understand it, but that's... It's America, I guess. No, it's America. 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 Uh, yeah, so the movie opens with this boatload of immigrants who uh, a Coast Guard ship pulls up to them and you think they're here to help. Like, they're all, like, dying of heat stroke and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out this isn't the Coast Guard. These are undercover Russians who... It's Rostov. Yeah, Rostov. Mm-hmm. Played by... Oh, did I write the gentleman's name down? I did not, but he played the villain in Puppet Master 3. He played a Nazi in that. The best of the Puppet Masters, I must say. Oh, so he he kind of has a... Kind of has like a, a set character he plays in movies. Well, when you have that face, he has a villain yeah. face. <laughs> like he it's does just have a villain face. he's just blessed with it. It was a gift from God. And Richard that's, Lynch. <laughs> Richard Lynch. That's his name. Oh. Yes, Richard Lynch. So I mean, he's not going to play the kind the uncle next door. I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> that guy. No way. No. no way. But yeah, so he's in charge of these. But we we're never given a rank. He's not like a general or. A, does this no, invasion he, have the backing of? The Russian military, or is this just like a weird terrorist splinter cell? We were talking about this because <laughs> they have it a lot of military like equipment. Terrorists. Yeah, it seems like terrorists, and then the East Germans show up, so they must have something else. It seems like it's a co-op of all of these different countries, right? Because there's the Russians and the East Germans, and then they're speaking Spanish, and then there's that random Asian descent guy who was part of the National Guard. Maybe, maybe it's a co-op of terrorists. Right, we're gonna invasion USA. Yeah, it's just air quotes it's international terrorism, terrorism kind of like air quotes 
just yeah. the drug trade that you see in movies. And there's no specifics, just it's the drug trade. Right. And speaking of drug trade, I guess it's I guess it's fine that they gun down all these immigrants because once they do, they go and they open this hatch and there's right. a shit ton of heroin in there. Yeah. So I guess it's okay that they killed them because they were smuggling drugs. Like, is the moral of the story? I don't I don't know. But but then they yeah they steal up. I'm not sure what that scene was for. Anyways, when they found the cocaine, because it, it coke or heroin. I don't know. It's either it way. seemed it's like bags of white is important because. Yeah. They put a lot of like time into the next scene with Rostov and involved the cocaine heroin, but they didn't do anything with it after that. But that's my next question. For what? Because he takes a sample of the heroin to this shady guy in a shady hotel or whatever, and they test yeah. it. This lady that he's with tests it. But for what purpose? Like, are they selling these drugs to fund the invasion? What? They, that is never explained. What do these drugs have to do with anything? The take on American decadence. Which starts with the cocaine dealers I guess. and ends with Florida. All right. Well, I mean, everything starts with money. In oh, you listen to me. I'm talking. He didn't <laughs> care. Rostov doesn't care about the money with the cocaine or the heroin. He was just there to show him who's in boss. And it's Rostov. Rostov and his 97,000 friends are in charge. Well, and this, and this scene gets like crazy violent. Yeah. No, so fast. No he overreacts. But again, I don't know why. You brought this to them for what? And then he kills them. So what purpose? I don't know. But yeah, just he just this girl is smoke is snorting the coke, and he does like the Joker pencil <laughs> trick on her and slams her head into this desk, and this coke pipe stabs her in the nose, and she's screaming. He grabs the guy who's played by uh, his name's Billy Drago. He's another villain face guy you see in a bunch of stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, really focuses shooting it on him, shooting him in the crotch. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. That's for that's the here at move. And yeah, he does it again to somebody else later and then chucks this woman out the window like and then just walks off without the drugs, yeah. without any money, without information. What was any of this for? <laughs> Other than to show he's a real bad dude, I guess. Maybe. But yeah. goddamn, <laughs> I don't know what the purpose was, but it's pretty. I mean, they're coming out of the gate hot with this level mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. of brutality. And I'm kind of yeah. there for it. I mean, as stupid as this movie is. I don't know. I had an alright time watching it. It seemed way worse, especially for this show. Yes, there it's, have been worse. We, I, we've probably watched worse. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Did we not mention we watched Batman and Robin earlier? I will say this. This is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, well, alright. Now, now you're getting a little out of hand. It's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. That's correct. Christmas in With Florida, so not very uh, Christmassy looking until you get to the mall. But Right. Yeah, and then we meet Chuck Norris, who is, what's his name, Matt Hunter? Matt Hunter. Matt Hunter. A very a very action movie guy name. And he is, yeah, him and this old guy partner of his are riding around a fan boat catching alligators, and he's wrestling it into a cage, and they're selling it to some guy. So he's a real... John Eagle. He's kind of just like a, he's just like a Florida scumbum who just lives in like a house on stilts out in the swamp, and like, <laughs> I don't know, that doesn't seem very action hero-y at first, but we get a bit of this... A reporter lady who's pretty useless overall to the course yeah. of this movie. I mean, she appears a bunch, but doesn't really add anything to it. I, I forget what she looks like each scene, so yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really <laughs> sure if she was supposed to be like an April O'Neil type with her inquisitive nature or, you know, what she was adding to anything, but it was really an odd... You know, power of the press, making sure everybody had their their point of view or whatnot. So. Know, she didn't do anything this whole movie. No, she's not like a love interest to him or anything. Thank God. I'm thank 
lot, well, lucky stars we did not have to watch him kiss this woman because I, I don't no, know if yeah, I could have handled it. <laughs> no. This poor lady. But she gets the brush off from the cops because the, the cops are there investigating this boat that just washed up full of dead immigrants and she's trying to get answers out of them and they're blowing her. You know, like, this is a police matter. Go away. So first that's all, our first look at her. How does she even get pictures first? So the FBI shows up and the police are there and the press already got pictures. I watch a lot of true crime <laughs> stuff. But seriously, how does the press get pictures before the FBI gets there? Like that does not happen. So clearly the police department in Miami or wherever this boat washes up is just god awful. Like they are not doing their job, which is maybe why Rostov Rostov is not thrilled. It's a yeah, it's right? a contaminated crime scene, yeah. you know. You gotta need someone yeah. like Chuck Norris to clean this town up. Well, yeah, not they're they're I guess so bad at their job that you need someone like Chuck Norris to be out there being a vigilante, and then, and then they arrest him for it. Like he's the one taking. Right. Not that I'm condoning vigilante violence necessarily, but he's the only one doing in anything in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, right? And speaking, I mean, how did she get this information? How? Chuck Norris gets is he is always in the right place at the right time somehow. Right. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like yeah. a helicopter lands on a random roof in Miami and he is there with a bazooka to blow it up. Yep. A random school bus has a bomb attached to it. He drives up next to it, pulls the bomb off, chases after the bad guys, throws the bomb in their car. How did you know? How did you know to be there? He's in with the guys. It's all a big plot or something. <laughs> I believe it. That what makes more sense. So I guess word of somebody knows something is going on. This isn't just a boat of immigrants that was killed because a guy shows up at Chuck Norris's swamp shack and is like, hey, you know, the company needs you. It's time to come out of retirement. It's one of those deals. And he's like, no way. I'm never, you know, I'm, I'm that's not my life anymore. I'm just wrestling gators and growing a beard. And this guy's like, oh, but it's Rostov. And then we get the like, <laughs> the thousand yards well, I guess he always has a thousand yards there but but two three thousand yards there and we get what is you let me kill them when I had the chance you should let me kill them when I had the chance and then we cut to what appears at first to be a flashlight flashback but we're given no indication that a flashback has happened it just seems like it's the next scene where there's some kind of party at like an embassy or something it appears maybe in Africa because all the guards are Look, yeah. African mm -hmm. the outfits and whatnot. And Rossoff is there, not for the last time, with a bazooka, looking to shoot this embassy. And Chuck Norris appears beside him, puts a pistol to his head. So this is the flashback to when they met previously. And he just kicks Rostov in the head, and and that's it. And then Rostov wakes up because this is I his nightmare. Die. He is having. He has had for a decade at least. <laughs> a nightmare about this man who really didn't do much to you. He stopped you from blowing up the building with a bazooka and kicked you in the head. And that was it. It's mm -hmm. not like he tortured you for weeks. What he's, But he's so terrified of Chuck Norris, it's crazy. To where he will man, throw Chuck Norris. <laughs> this entire invasion into jeopardy just to get Chuck Norris. Matt Hunter is such a serious soldier, they can't even talk about what he did in this movie. Like, it's such a mystery. You never know. He's Matt Hunter. He, Rostov was afraid of him. He was, some, yeah, he was some kind of operator, you know, for, during the Cold, Cold War or something and did top secret shit. But, mm -hmm. but that probably involved <laughs> blowing a lot of people up with bazookas. Um, but I will say this for him. He does have a pet baby armadillo, and that is adorable. And that almost mm -hmm. makes me mm -hmm. like him a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so Rostov is super obsessed still with Matt Hunter. So much so that before they begin this invade, like before we can start our invasion, of Miami Beach or Miami, whatever, we need to. Matt Hunter's got to go because he's going to fuck this up somehow. Mm -hmm. 
he's going to learn what we're doing and he's going to stop us. So we have to go get him. And there's a kind of cool scene of like a flotilla of, <laughs> sw- of fan boats come roaring up on uh, Matt Hunter's swamp shack and shoot the shit out of it. Shoot it with a bazooka. He jumps out the back window just in time. Baby Armadillo. They, is, they do. They do kill his partner first. Yeah. But Baby Armadillo gets away and then is never seen again. So I guess he's just living in the swamp, which is not an armadillo's natural habitat, to my knowledge. No, it's not. (laughs) He probably drowned instantly. Poor guy. Yeah. They they need drier climates. Yeah, they're in like Arizona and New Mexico, right? So they think, ooh, job done. We blew the shit out of him. Now we can carry on with the invasion. And then we get a scene of Chuck Norris not emoting whatsoever about the loss of his best friend, (laughs) who he carries into what's left of the swamp shack. And then sets it on fire, even though it's already mostly burnt down. So mm-hmm. that probably didn't accomplish a whole lot. And then we get the beach invasion. There's yeah, we're gonna burn through this pretty quick, quick because it's not a very plot-heavy film, and that's fine. It 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 zips by pretty fast. It does. There's two teenagers making it on the beach, and they're sacrificing. I guess no witnesses. I guess because they're a, a guy walks up and just shoots them both in the head, and then a bunch of like, uh, yeah, what are they called? The uh, the Stasi. No, the vehicles, like the, like the U-boats, like not, the not U-boats. That's a submarine, like a, you know, the beginning Saving Private Ryan, the boats that they're that the, are, the, yeah, yeah, the boats, the uh, troop carriers that are like launched from a bigger ship to land on the, at, you know, yeah. like Omaha um, Beach or whatever, like that. Three or four of those, I guess, is enough <laughs> troops to invade Miami and then the USA from there. Oh, but don't forget their plan to take over the USA with semi trucks. They get out there, put on that truck driver uniform. They're on the road. Yeah, some armored cars they can steal. They got it all figured out. But apparently their plan, I guess, is to just go block by block and blow up every house they see. That's the invasion plan. Yeah. Is I mean, they're sowing fear and, and discontent amongst the citizens. I just, mm-hmm. I don't feel like they thought this through very well. They don't have enough guys. They don't have enough equipment. I, we probably weren't quite as gun crazy as a people and as a culture in this country in 1985 as we are now. Mm-hmm. But... Because, I mean, you could never do this now. Because the second you land on the beach, there'd be eight Florida men with shotguns waiting for you, and they'd blow you away. Because everybody's got a gun. But, yeah, they just... It's Christmas. Everybody's house is looking real cozy. I mean, other than no snow. But, yeah, Rostov just comes rolling up in a truck, and just one by one, boom, 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 blows up like seven houses on this block. And it's pretty impressive and not cheap looking. Mm -hmm. And then he just drives off. And then they just drive off. But then no one, no one notices the truck in this cul-de-sac that just pulls up with a bazooka and drives away. You go to the next block and do it again, like, or it's it's just random. It's not targeted at all. Like we're gonna do just this block and then we're done. Florida's big. They gotta they gotta get moving. Yeah, this isn't so much an invasion as just like really tacky pranks. (laughs) Like Like, it's jackass gone horribly too far. (laughs) And their next sort of, as far as seeding discontent and stuff, they. Their next thing is to, they pull up in a Hispanic, but Hispanics really get tough in this movie, man. Maybe there it is saying something, I don't know. But they, uh, yeah, they pull think, up outside this, I think like, the movie is trying to say a few things. Nightclub or a bar or something where there's a bunch of mm-hmm. Hispanics gathered out there. And it's some of Rostov's guys in a police car in uniform pretending to be cops. And they jump out and just open fire at this crowd and kill a bunch of people and then drive off. The reporter is there to see it. And then when the real cops come, Naturally, they are not welcomed with open arms. They are, you know, get rocks thrown at them, and you know, so they drive off, <laughs> scared. Right. Mm-hmm. As you know, maybe they should be. We get a, a bunch of scenes 
here's why this will go fast because there's so many scenes that are just kind of random and don't add up to much. There's a, we had a lot of scenes of Chuck Norris just like shaking down randos for information about Rostov. Yeah. Like, but how would they know yes. where Rostov is? There's, <laughs> there's that one scene where in the dive bar where he like after he drives through the ghetto, he destroys that man's hand, <laughs> and then he sits down and talks to a buddy at the bar. For 20 seconds and walks away. You don't even learn this guy's name. No. No, and there's another scene where he's at another sort of like shady hotel and he's shaking down some dude, like, oh, where's Rostov? I'll never tell you. And his buddies run in and he scares them away. Or he kicks one guy, like, back out into the hallway or something. It's like the one kick in the movie. But there's an amazing quote from this scene while he's stabbing that guy's hand. If you come back in, I'll hit you with so many rights, you'll be begging for a left. Yes, that's his big uh, tough guy talk in this. I mean, which is pretty good, but that's like schoolyard shit. Like, I heard that in, like, fourth grade. <laughs> like, that's, I don't know that I'd find that terribly intimidating, but whatever. The person he says it to, by the way, it's not like that person is actually a criminal. I think they're a small business owner. He just... <laughs> Yeah, we don't know what these people's actual connection to Rostov is, why he would think to talk to them, what, they, what they're supposed to know. But none of them have answers for him, and yet he still winds up finding Rostov and all of his men every time. So Yeah, yeah. If you're that good, you didn't need to bother any of these people. Yeah, then we get the sort of extended mall scene, which is fun. There's a guy who's got a, a shopping bag that he's trying to leave there. Obviously, you know see something say something before that was even a thing and somebody's like hey you forgot your bag and it's trying to catch him and he's running full bore like no leave me alone i don't want that package running running through the mall they're just trying to help him there's a there's a mall security guard who's really shitty to this kid well i mean the kid's kind of a jerk too but he's like instant there's this kid with bubble gum and he's giving this kid the stink eye from jump street for no reason but the kid does wind up throwing his gum on the thing and then i guess he's chasing the kid but but I don't know what that scene's for. They were probably adding for time, right? Because they feel like they needed to lengthen it to a specific time when they do the little bits like that. Because that doesn't. Unless the idea really. is that the security guard was so distracted by Bubblegum Kid that he didn't notice what was going on with the package, and but I mean, no, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, what would he have done? Oh yeah, it didn't look like he had any bazookas <laughs> on him. No, <laughs> no this seemed like back. a pretty yeah. bazooka-free zone until Rostov's guys show up. <laughs> Florida or not, but then there, yeah, there's there's like a truck that's on display, you know, like win this truck or something. A Nissan, cool Nissan, yeah, very. But this is even before like product placement was really even kind of a big thing. But yeah, clearly yeah. like and a Nissan, like sporty. Was a Korean car in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the bad guys jump into that and they're driving around, you know, smashing stuff in the mall. Chuck Norris comes smashing into the mall himself in his truck because I guess. He does he have a police scanner? What I don't know. How did he know to come here? There's more than one mall in Miami, I assume, or, or a beacon or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a beacon. Yeah, the Chuck Norris beacon. <laughs> Maybe when he kicked Rostov, there was like a, a a tracker implanted in his boot that he like kicked into his side of his neck or something. I don't know. That's that the only thing I can think of. <laughs> well, how else? Yeah. But because Rostov isn't even here, it's just some of his goons, but. Chuck Norris comes flying into this mall too, smashing stuff with his pretty bulletproof and indestructible truck. I mean, it helps that these bad guys shoot worse than stormtroopers in Star Wars. Like, none of them can hit yeah. the broadside of a fucking barn. Whereas he can they just... They can't even load their guns. <laughs> no, but Chuck Norris, what a Mary Sue this guy is, man. Because he... There's a scene later where a guy just walks into the room behind him and he spins around and shoots the guy with an Uzi when he did not see him, did not hear him. He just sensed he was there, I guess. 
okay, man, whatever <laughs> superhero this guy is. Yeah, there's some truck business. Well, and then he gets out of his truck because they're shooting at it. He's shooting guys with his double Uzis. Nobody's hitting him. He kills a bunch of guys. And then he jumps onto the side of, there's a lot of hanging on trucks in this movie. Mm-hmm. He grabs onto the side of the bad guy's truck and they're driving. This is a pretty cool, I mean, it's good looking stunt work because they're just driving. There's a real man hanging on the side of a real truck and they are just driving through like glass and displays and windows. And mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty all right. The practical effects in this movie are fantastic. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, for a canon movie, you expect it to look just cheap and shitty. But, I mean, the movie is shitty, but it's not not for lack of looking all right. <laughs> then, yeah, we have more because, the well, the reporter shows up. He grabs her and throws her, or, or she jumps into something. like she. So she's riding with Chuck Norris because the bad guys in the stolen Nissan truck are driving down the road. They have grabbed a bystander woman who is, and they're holding her, and she's, like, hanging on the side of the truck as the driver is holding her through the window. So there's a kind of like intense and decent like chase scene where a real ass stunt woman is hanging on the side of this truck as these two trucks are smashing into each other and like chasing each other. It's pretty cool looking. It's almost like mm-hmm. some Mad Max shit. It's all right. Yeah. But they wind up saving her. Rostov shoots another guy in the crotch <laughs> for reasons I don't remember. I just wrote again with the crotch. I don't remember what the situation was, but I think someone brought him bad news because he's that kind of villain. He'll just shoot his own it was guys. The, uh, just the, the random guy that went to that strip club the king cobra oh yeah he got stabbed in the hand yeah because he said he just said next time you see rostov tell him time to die yeah that's his catchphrase <laughs> um, what a catchphrase i mean i've heard worse because the next scene that we see is chuck norris driving in his, his truck, truck again that should be all shot up it's fine but he went back for his tr- why you're already in a call. Like, you have this convertible. Like, why did you go back for your truck, which shouldn't even be operational now? I guess so it's his favorite. It. Yeah, I guess he loves that truck. Maybe it was John Eagle's truck and he needed it. It was John Eagle's it truck. It was John Eagle's truck. That's right. See, sentimental value. He doesn't seem like a sentimental guy, but I guess he has heart somewhere what? in there. Uh, he then yeah, avert. He somehow is in the exact right spot to avert a church bombing because the bad guys like just come up to this church and. Oh, yeah. a suitcase bomb in the front door, and he's on the roof, ready to stop them, and like blows them Didn't up with their own bomb. Uh-huh. How? Again, how? <laughs> he's <laughs> always in the exactly where he needs to be. Perfect timing. It's crazy. Yeah, then we have, there's some kids being evacuated, because now martial law has been declared, we're getting some people out of here, because all these terrorist acts are happening, and the police can't stop them. I guess the military is on its, or National Guard or something is on its way, but it's not gonna, it's gonna be a while or something. So they're evacuating all these kids on a school bus who are, <laughs> as they're getting on the bus, look very sad and depressed that they are leaving their parents and they don't know why. But then as the bus is driving away, they all start singing very happily, row, row, row your boat over and over again. <laughs> so they got Forever. over it for the entire scene. Forever. They got over it pretty quickly. <laughs> they stopped being sad because it was sing a long time. But yeah, the bad guys drive up, stick a bomb on the side of this bus. And Chuck Norris just comes tootling up behind him, grabs the bomb off the side of the bus, catches up to the bad guys. You drop this, <laughs> or you lose something, or whatever he says. Throws it. I think you boys left this behind. Yeah, the kids were still singing "Row, Row, Row Your Boat." <laughs> Would be kind of cool, except for again, how did he know to go, <laughs> even go there? There's a lot of buses with a lot of kids on it. He picked the right one. He's a lucky man. And at this point, despite now saving an, a church and a busload of school children and who knows who else uh the police show up at his door <laughs> his hotel room i guess and kick the door in to arrest him for vigilantism and this asshole he's sitting there watching tv in a hotel room 
He takes a piece of gum out of his mouth and sticks it on the painting on the wall. What a dick. Someone's going to have to clean Matt that, Hunter man. Matt Hunter was a bad guy. He might be. <laughs> I might be on Rostov's side. Rostov do that. I don't see Rostov making things harder for the cleaning crew at a motel. No. Oh, yeah, no. Well, I guess he did throw some of his <laughs> and left a lot of blood there for someone to clean up. But we see some use. Yeah, the bad guys go and steal a bunch of armored cars. And the National Guard or whoever has set up the most useless set of barricades ever. It's those, <laughs> what are they called? The, again, I think I, it's Saving Private Ryan. It's those big metal stars that kind of sit on the beach. They look like jacks. Yeah, they look like big metal jacks. I can't remember what they're called. Defilade? No, that's not it. But whatever it is, they have a bunch of those in the street, but they have them set up in a way that there are huge gaps between them that armored cars can just weave in and out of. Like a, <laughs> no, it's not stopping anything whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So that was a waste no. of time and resources. But because it was shown on the news that Matt Hunter has been arrested for vigilantism, which, again, he's the only one getting anything done. Maybe maybe you want to just let him do his thing. But yeah. whatever. To the point that you would think that maybe the cops are in cahoots with Rostov, but we don't get that sentiment. Like, that's not put no. across to us. They're just arresting him because, I guess, there's nothing else they can do. <laughs> Some, I don't know. They feel used. No, they gotta blame somebody for all the bodies. So they're gonna arrest him and not this other random person they don't know. They arrest him because nobody is above the law. Yeah. Not even Chuck Norris. Not even Chuck Norris. Though... <laughs> All right, so he's getting he's getting taken into the police station. A reporter comes up to him and says, like, do you have anything you want to say? And he looks straight in the camera. And Rostov, of course, happens to be back at his hotel room or wherever watching TV. Feverishly watching this news channel. <laughs> and he says, I don't know who Nico was, but he says, Nico was easy. Like, I'm coming for you next. You're going to close your eyes and then you're going to open them and I'll be there. <laughs> It'll be time to die. And Rostov freaks out and breaks the TV. Like, no, we have to go get him. We're going to that police station. Fuck this invasion. Fuck everything else. You guys come with me. We're going to that police station and we're taking him out. <laughs> 3,000 guys. We're going to that police station. All of us. Now. I mean, it's maybe 30 guys. <laughs> but yeah, he gets in a helicopter and they land on the roof of the police station. And then the next thing we know, Chuck Norris is just walking around the police station. He's unarrested now, I guess. What, what happened there? <laughs> Because we never see him in a cell. They're marching him into handcuffs. The reporter talks to him. And the next time we see him, he's just walking around free as a bird. Killing terrorists again. It's cool, dude. So Miami's a pretty chill place. <laughs> I guess. But there's no scene of them like, I guess we need you out there. You're free. <laughs> we don't see him breaking out of police custody. He's just walking around like, not, like he never got arrested in the first place. In which case, what was the point of arresting him and wasting screen time on that? It was a setup to go get Rostov or... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a setup. See, that's a good idea. It's not presented in the movie that way. <laughs> you oh, came up yeah, with that, there's... and it's better than what they tell us, which is nothing. Yeah, the, right. There's lots of plot holes. But... The script's like only 20 pages long. It's... <laughs> it's true. It's just, yeah, exterior, daytime. Bazooka, 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 bazooka. <laughs> this, this, it feels like in this movie the director said, just say something a lot. Like, say whatever you want to say right now. Just whatever you think. It's time to die. It's time to die. That's good. That's, yeah, well, use that. Use that. <laughs> I mean, you used it last time, but then we'll go with it. We'll go with it. We don't have time to reshoot, so it's fine. No, no, it's good. Can I say a new line this time? No, just stick with the time to die. I think that was a good a good catchphrase. Nico was his friend, was Rostov's friend, the one that he was dining with all the time, the one who was vaguely... Russian. No, was he Russian? Was he Greek? Was he Spanish? Let's find out what he was. But was... I actually have no idea. Is that the guy Chuck Norris killed with the bus bomb, or that he killed at the church, or who... 
I don't remember I the, what the interaction. That's the one who died at the carnival with the kid. No, that wasn't the car. That was in front of the grocery store. He was the person that Chuck Norris <laughs> right. snuck up behind him, grabbed the gun, oh, put it up yeah. to his head, and pulled the trigger for him. Right, right. Because that seems like something he could do. But that's he how. Was the one who killed the two teenagers on the beach. Right, right. But that's how nothing these characters all are. That I didn't even realize right. that that's who he was talking about that that was his name <laughs> right you know what's the reporter's name that is a i was just wondering that exact same thing <laughs> could not tell you i told you it was delilah it's not i uh, believe you but i don't remember that prophet. no her name's delilah oh her name oh dahlia sorry dahlia mcguire <laughs> yeah i'm sure she says it at some point but i'll be fucked if i care <laughs> but look out everybody because chuck's got a bazooka too now and he, yeah, he takes yep. out his helicopter on the roof, and then he's stalking through the building. Him and Rostov are kind of playing, not really even cat and mouse. Cat and mouse. Because they're not, like, hunting each other. They're just sort of working their way through the building towards each other, I mm -hmm. guess. Yep. And Chuck Norris is just killing random guys as, as they cross his path. He can see through walls. <laughs> yes. Well, how did he, yeah, how did he get arrested? How did he get his hands on a bazooka? I don't think the police just have them sitting, well, maybe they do. <laughs> they just have bazookas sitting around for him to grab. Demilitarize. And then there's, this is actually pretty sweet. As far as like, not catchphrases, but what's like, like zingers go, this is pretty good because Rostov is like creeping down a hallway and Chuck Norris appears behind him and he senses that Chuck Norris is behind him. But, and Chuck Norris just whispers, just dead calm, whispers behind him, it's time. <laughs> and then time. they each have a bazooka and it's like an old west gunslinger duel, but with bazookas because they're both like, draw, poo, and they're spin. And of course, Chuck Norris gets it off first and just disintegrates <laughs> Rostov in this hallway. But I've never seen a and bazooka duel before, so that's... I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. The end. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, some US, yeah. U.S. tanks show up, and immediately all of Rostov's guys just put their hands in the air. Because, <laughs> shit, we didn't think that the military would ever intervene, or what was the, what was the plan here? This is the most half-assed invasion ever. I, I mean... <laughs> what was the yeah. idea? <laughs> and that's Invasion USA. Quick and to the point. I don't know. I had a decent time with it. The lots of, and I'm not usually like a big dumb explosion guy, but these were pretty good. Ex I mean, just the scene of him just going house by house and blowing up like seven or eight real houses, I found yeah. pretty impressive. Some of the stunt work was pretty impressive. Chuck Norris is a, a waste of air, but you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I had an alright time with it. Movie. Not a good movie, but I mean, there's there's worse ways to spend an hour and whatever, forty minutes or however long it is. It could have been shorter, I suppose. <laughs> it's almost two hours long. Yeah, that's oh. you could have taken twenty minutes of random <laughs> bullshit out. <laughs> you could have, there's just so many scenes of just someone just walking or driving that has no didn't drive this non plot movie forward at all. Yeah. It it nothing happens. Like I'm just gonna drive through this neighborhood now. Yeah, or meeting characters that have no impact. Or the entire drug I can't even call it a subplot. The entire drug thing at the beginning that still amounts to nothing. <laughs> and I don't know what it was there for. That all could have gone out. But anyway, that's Invasion USA. It is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next week's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be. Pressing the magic button now. Next week's movie is... Stalked? Um, from 2019. It is on Tubi. And free with ads on Amazon Prime. What is this? It appears to be... Is this another action movie? Yeah, kind of. Let's see. Former Royal Marine Commando and single mother Sam is brutally kidnapped on her way to the pharmacy. She wakes up disoriented in what seems to be a deserted military factory. 
She soon realizes she is not alone, and someone or something is preying on her. Stalked and attacked by an invisible foe, she must use all her military skills and knowledge to survive this deadly game of cat and mouse. Well, we'll it looks. see how that goes. Fascinating. Um, well, it's from mm. England, so that's interesting. Starring no one you've ever heard of. It's probably fairly on the cheap side, but I don't know. I like a nice uh, girl power It has movie. half we'll as many stars goes. as Invasion USA. Well, that's a bad sign, isn't it? <laughs> 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 well, that, we might be, I might be in for it then. I didn't even see that. All right. Well, that's everybody's homework. Should you choose to accept it for next week? Stalked on Tubi. That's S-T-A-L-K-E-D in case I'm not enunciating well. On Tubi and Amazon Prime. Where can people find you lovely people on socials and whatnot? Uh, the Ginger's Wife. Yes, that is you. That's me. Yep. I'm not on social. And she barely I'm is, an anti-social so. person, yeah. so it's cool. All right. Please don't find me. No, no leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you both for being here. It was a good time talking about a not-so-good movie. We will do it again sometime. I am, as always, at HeathLambert78 on Twitter. The show is That's a Random Pod. Uh, nope. At That's a Random P2. The show has an email address, that's a random pod at gmail.com for all of your complaints and grievances. Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and Slasher as well. Check out his other stuff. He is great. I think that is all. All right. Well, it's time to die. It's time to die. It's time. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. On behalf of myself and Lindsay and Nick, have a great week. Goodbye.